Life Remixed. Right, okay, we are live across uh, all my social media platforms. It's uh, fantastic to have uh, you joining us. It's Wednesday evening here in the UK, a cold a cold uh, and dark evening, as you would expect, but uh, we're going to make the best of it, and we're going to uh, uh, have a really, really interesting straight-talking interview this evening. Uh, I've got uh, a very special guest all the way from the USA. Um, his name's Garrick Jones. I've uh, recently been been introduced to him by uh, Lewis Senior from uh, Equilibria. So uh, I must say a huge thank you to Lewis, and we'll be uh, talking about that as we go through uh, this interview. However... Um, a little bit about uh, Garrick. Garrick is uh, larger than life, a massive character. I can't wait for you to meet him, actually. Um, uh, an ex-NFL player uh, for the Houston Texans and, and many, many other uh, uh, teams, which he's going to tell us all about his journey and his career. Um, working on becoming uh, an NFL, National Football League uh, general manager, GM, so NFL GM. Um, also, he's worked with the States Development Football League and how he's set that up and what he's working on at the moment. Uh, we're going to talk about his e-colours because he's exactly the same as me on, on e-colours. Uh, so we're both going to give each other a big hug when we, when we do actually eventually meet. Uh, and of course, got to say a uh, big, big shout to uh, uh, to Lewis and all the Equilibria team I know that are going to be joining us as well. So without further further ado, uh, let's bring Garrick in. Here he is. Look at him, larger, larger than life. How are you, Garrick? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm good, mate. I'm good. You're the coolest dude in the room. I love you. Um, <laughs> Uh, look, I've, I've got a message straight away. And now, uh, if you're going to put uh, if you're going to put anything in in the chat when you're watching the interview, guys, uh, do please uh, put your name if you haven't gone to streamyard.com/slash/facebook, and then uh, we uh, will be able to see your name because at the moment this is all I've got. Uh, Facebook user, oh my god, I love Garrick. Okay, so we've got we've got an early we've got an early uh, admission of love for you, Garrick. Are you alright with that? Go. I'll take yeah? it. I'll take it. <laughs> Excellent. I'll take it. First of all, mate, welcome. Uh, this is about as close as you're going to get to the UK uh, at the moment. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but welcome, welcome to Straight Talking. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Um, man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having uh, me. Oh, it's just great, mate. It's, it's fantastic. It's great to meet so many uh, like-minded people around the world, you know. Uh, and that's going to become very, very apparent as we go through this uh, as we go through this together. But before we before we get going, you know me, a DJ, ex DJ, a bit of. Uh, bit of a background uh, in this whole piece. Um, let's start with some music, you know, what sort of music moves you, Garrick? What's the thing for you? Man, for me, <clears throat> music um, has really like been the center of my life. I mean, I started out, you know, in band. That was my biggest thing. I think music was my first love. Um, so I was really big into jazz, like Miles Davis, Coltrane. Um, I listened to a lot of blues, B.B. King, Johnny Taylor, uh, all kind of stuff when I was coming up, you know, I, I kind of had a, a, an old soul uh, for a young kid, uh, which mm. kind of helped me into, you know, putting music together and writing, composing and producing and all that stuff like that, man. So that's kind of been my background, man. Amazing. So you've been inspired by by many great artists along the way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's been a great, great for me, man. Music, I think it's kind of like just walking and having your own soundtrack. You know, yeah. and whatever mood you're in, you know, you can just kind of have that in your head. And, it, 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 you know, people use music to work out to, yeah. uh, you know, to cook to, to get dressed to. I mean, music is just kind of like that universal situation, you know. It's a, it's a game changer as well. It can, mood, it can change your mood if, you, if you're having a bit of a downtime. You can put on some right. music, uplifts you. 
uh, for me, for me, music is the sound of emotions. That's my little, that's my yeah. little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sound, you know, it's the sound when you hear, you know, you hear someone who's made a record when they're feeling great and they're uplifting and you'll see other people if they made a record when they're a bit more mellow or, or relaxed or, you know, chill out or whatever. So, you know, yeah, yeah. it's great. Uh, but music is, you know, it's definitely uh, 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 something that touches us all in one way or another, I'd say. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree, hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. That's it, and that's why we're here. So, Gav's, Gav's just saying hi to us. There you go. There we go, Gav. Thanks very much, mate. It's good to have you here. Uh, so that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. So um, for for the straight talking interviewers, you know, or, or sorry, straight straight talking audience, um, people here in the UK, you know, we don't know a huge amount about the NFL. We kind of watch it from afar. Right. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about your journey? Uh, and obviously, like like what was in the intro, you know, tell us a bit more about your, your journey through the NFL and, and how that sort of came yeah. about. Okay, well, for me, um, I'm a veteran of three different leagues. Uh, so I played a number of years in the NFL uh, and I played a number of years in the CFL, which is the Canadian Football League. Uh, and then I finished my career out in the IFL, which is the Indoor Football League. So I got an opportunity to be around a lot of different aspects of the game, a lot of different rule changes a lot of different teammates, coaches, uh, and just a lot of different organizations all together. Uh, So for me, uh, I think my journey was one that was uh, out of the box. And you'll get a chance to kind of get a feel for me. And I'm I'm always been an out-of-the-box kind of guy. But uh, I made it to the NFL without a a senior season of college ball, which – it's pretty much unheard of, you know, you know, with the with the odds of making it to the NFL and those types of things, because less than one percent of all athletes across the world make it to the NFL. And and I just happen to do it, you know, from the trunk of my car, uh, you know, just being me, um, just not taking no for an answer, uh, understanding that odds, are they mean nothing to me. Uh, those types of things, man, and just persevering through a lot of things, but chasing scouts uh, and just making them respect me. And what I brought to the table uh, and I got that opportunity to, to be in uh, Atlanta. I got opportunity to be in Kansas City with the Chiefs. I was in Jacksonville with the Jaguars for a, a quick cup of coffee. Uh, and then I was with the Houston Texans for for a number of years. Uh, and then I played up in Canada, you know, with uh, the Calgary Stampeders. And I played with the Edmonton Eskimos as well as the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers. Uh, so, uh, man. It's been a ride. Like I say, it's been eight eight different uh, organizations, but it's been a it's been a ride, and it's been something that that has helped refine me, you know, as a businessman, as a as a professional athlete, as a person in general, because I had to learn how to deal with so many different people, so many different mindsets, and, and it really helped me uh, on this mission that I'm on right now uh, with my developmental league, and then the GM push that I have going on for the NFL right now. I think it's it's made me one of the the more uh, uh, vibrant candidates that they have because of what I've, what I've had to endure and had to go through over these years, man. So so what sort of age were you when you, because you had that mindset of, of like, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be beaten. You know, you mentioned the, out of the trunk of your car and traveling around and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you were, you must have been a young guy then, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I was uh, around 21. 21. Yeah. Uh, I, was a, I, was a, I was a young pup, you know, yeah. and that was kind of my deal, just making it happen, man. And, and I knew that, you know, from the guys that I played against, you know, I had a lot of success and I think I played against uh, 10 or so guys that went first through fourth round. Uh, so I, I knew I was supposed to be in the NFL, but I, I just had to take another route, you know, and, and I think with that, it really helped me be able to um, edify my situation when I talk to athletes and talk to different people about how they can make it uh, because I did it, you know, and that's it's one of the things when the odds against you against you, 
Uh, and to be able to do that, you know, it, it takes a special person. Uh, so, you know, for me, man, that was something God gave me. I've been blessed. And then from there, man, I just made it happen. So we're just trying to take it to the next level this next time around. So, yeah, obviously, you know, you've, you've had an interesting career there. You know, you've lived a, long, a young man's dream in many ways, you know, right. actually you know, playing a sport at a young age. You know, I I, I was rubbish at, at football. You, you, <laughs> you'd call it soccer, but I was rubbish. Right. You know, I, I tried my hardest, but I wasn't great. Um, and uh, and so that's probably how I ended up uh, getting into music because music right. was a close, it was a close run thing. It was like football and music, football and music, football and music. And I wasn't quite... I wasn't quite fit enough or fast enough and I had glasses and, all, you know, so that wasn't going to happen. But uh, actually, uh, you know, got into music and, and that, that, was, that was my sort of young man's dream for, for 20 odd years. Right. But, um, you know, so, so, you know, you've done some amazing stuff. Um, what's, what position were you on the field just out of interest as well? Because I did read that somewhere, but I'm not, a, I'm not a guru in American football. So what was I the got what? you. Well, I was an offensive lineman. Uh, I was an offensive tackle. So, so you're in the scrimmage, you're in the line of, line of scrimmage and you're... Yes, sir. I mean, you were getting contact whether you wanted it or not, you know. It, it was one of those things where you're always going to get touched. Um, and and that's just, that was the deal. You know, your offensive linemen are your your blue-collar workers, you know, your steel mill guys, the guys that just, they, they go to work every day uh, and they don't get much praise. Uh, and that that's just what it is. You got these guys working together as one. And they really set the tone for the entire team because without them, you don't have anything. You can't do anything. So, uh, you know, I took pride in everything that I did in my work. Uh, and just that was my that was my position, man, making it happen. You're blocking the quarterback, essentially, aren't you? You're making sure that... Blo- yeah, blocking for, yeah, blocking for the quarterback to make sure that he's he stays yeah, upright and he can make the passes and all those things, yeah. I know a few things. You said. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I know a few things. Um, so tell us a bit more about this this journey that, that you've been on recently. So, you know, obviously, uh, I know you've been um, talking uh, about or, or campaigning to try and become general manager of the Houston right. Texans, which, which didn't go, you know, they didn't go your way for various reasons. And I'm sure we could we could touch on that as well. But, yeah. you know, this whole p- bigger piece for you is a mission, isn't it? It's a mission to to get in there and actually make a difference in a team. But also as well, you've got like the, the if I explain to the English audience, the British audience, you've got the NFL like the Premier League, and then you've got like the championship here, right. you know, or second right. or third or fourth divisions, you know, you've got these divisions, um, and, and you've got this obviously state uh, developmental league. So why don't you give us a bit more background on, on that whole piece? Well, for the, I think the GM push, you know, I can start there. Um, it was more or less a situation to uh, get myself seen by these teams and these organizations uh, so I can put my body of work against the guys that, have been in the NFL for a number of years. Uh, I had the opportunity to go and scout for all the teams that I played for. You know, I was offered that. You know, we want you to come in and we want you to work for us and we want you to be a scout and work your way up. But I looked at, you know, what that looked like for someone like myself uh, as far as working my way up through the NFL, you know, being there 20, 30 years, and then eventually having an opportunity to be a general manager. And none of those guys look like me, you know. So I was like, well, I tell you what I'll do uh, because I've been a player and I understood that. And I saw how much of a, a, a generational gap it was uh, as well as those uh, disconnects. I said, I'll start my own league and everything that I saw in the NFL that didn't work. We're going to make sure that <clears throat> we, we incorporate the things that, that worked in our league. And we're going to focus on building these athletes because uh, you know, playing ball and playing in the NFL is really by is it's the best temporary job you'll ever have. It's real quick. 
you know, and, and it, it's a temporary situation. There's nothing where you're going to be, you know, 40 and 50 years down the road and still playing ball, um, no. but you still got to live the rest of your life. So I looked at that and I understood that. And, and, and I wanted to make sure that these athletes and their families understood how to live life the right way. Uh, finances, insurance, being able to take care of their families and creating generational wealth. Um, because every year there's going to be somebody younger and cheaper coming, uh, you know, from, from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my thing. Just, just putting myself in front of these teams and, and showing them the value that I can bring to their organizations because everything that the guys were doing for these particular teams, I've just been doing that from a private situation uh, in business and running my own league and dealing with the other leagues across the country and across the world. Uh, I, I'm just bringing that global aspect to it. Um, and, and that's what I'm really looking at right now is just showing that the value that I bring to an organization and checking all the boxes, whether it's from a philanthropic side, uh, whether from a, it's from a business schematic, uh, as far as, uh, you know, me understanding the dynamics of marketing and promotions, all those different things and putting teams together. I mean, I, you know, I think you have a better chance of putting teams together uh, with guys who've actually been on teams and, and understand the dynamic of what those athletes are thinking and how to be able to connect with them. Because there's so much of a great divide, you know, in the NFL from the from the upper management to the players. And, and, and I just want to come bridge that gap, you know, and also bridge the gap between the actual team and the fans. Um, and that that led me to, you know, really put my name out there and just say, hey, look, I'm here. I, I want to be a part of this thing and I want to help you uh, win these Super Bowls. And that's what, really what the talk is all about. Uh, and that just stemmed from my, my developmental football league and putting that together and and just saying, hey, I want to be able to bring all these things to the table, man. So it's simple, man. You know, we tend to make things hard, unfortunately, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, human beings make things difficult in general man. themselves, right? I know. But um, yeah. I've written, I've just written down three things here quickly that are just on my mind as you were, as you were going through that. Right. One, the development league is a real support network, isn't it? You know, you're supporting guys that that potentially, you know, they might make it into the NFL for a while, but they might right. not also uh but you were telling me before about numbers so like you know for 400 to get in there's a lot more that don't get in and you know refresh me for the numbers because i forget so numbers wise you know uh, less than one percent of all athletes across the world make it to the nfl Hmm. so realistically you know uh for the athletes that don't make it you know we want to be able to service those athletes because everybody can't go to the nfl but everybody's going to have bills babies and problems so we want to make sure that we are touching all of those sectors and making sure that everybody that has the opportunity to play in our league uh, will understand business, will understand how to articulate themselves, uh, will put themselves in a position to take care of their families from the grave. And that's not just the players. That's the family members. And even the fans can get in on you know every aspect of what we do from a monetary standpoint. So profit sharing, ticket sales, all that. Um, we wanted to make this a situation where – you know, when people come to our games to get away from reality, they're going to be in a better position when they go back home. We want to make sure that that's the situation because, you know, through all of my research, you know, regarding how much it costs to go to certain games with NFL teams, you know, it's a pretty penny, man. It's a really pretty penny to go to a game and, and the revenue that's generated. Um, you know, a lot of times it just goes to the team, you know, and I get it. You know, the athletes are being paid well, but a lot of times they're not being paid what they're worth. Because you bring in a lot of money. You bring in a lot of revenue. Uh, so I just want to be able to expose and ed- educate everybody on what goes on and how it goes on and, and how we can change it for the better to where everybody's uh, benefiting from it uh, and everybody's doing what they need to do. 
So obviously not going to be with the Houston Texans next year for the time being. But yeah. um, you know, and and I I I know a bit about this. They they were four and twelve this year, right? So that's yeah, that's that's not the greatest that's not the greatest scores, right? Because that's four <laughs> wins, twelve defeats, right? Right, right, right. But Absolutely. Not just a pretty face, Garrick. Not just a there pretty face. There you go. Man, I'm telling you, man. You tell me, man. You get it done. I love but, uh, but, but, you know, um, you know, the whole thing about, um, you know, that's clearly not going to happen. But at the moment, you know, are you going to, you're lining yourself up? You're going to be talking to lots of other teams. You're prepared to talk about which teams? Or is that something you're just going to, just going to do quietly under the radar and move forward? And Oh, no, no, no. There are a ton of teams that need, you know, general manager uh, help. They have a lot of vacancies right now. And I think with COVID and, and how that really reset everything, that really exposed um, exposed people, you know, in, in their practices and if they're able to be leaders and pivot and all those things. So um, there's a number of teams that, that, that need help. And, and I've, you know, put my name in the hat with those teams as well because everything that I talked about with the Texans, it transfers over to other teams. I mean, it's, it's not hard. Uh, it's like being an athlete. You know, if one team doesn't want you, you know, there's 31 other teams and you have to have that mindset. Uh, would I have loved to be here with the Texans? Of course, uh, because they need help right now. They need a lot of help uh, because they're not doing really well uh, from a leadership standpoint in, in that front office right now. And, and the fans are are, are feeling it. Uh, the former players are feeling it and the current players are feeling it. And, and they got to put a lot of fires out right now. And I know for a fact if they would have brought me in, a lot of this wouldn't be going on. Uh, we, we'd have some answers and it'd be clear and concise. And that's just the role of leadership uh, and the type of person that I am. You know, I understand the dynamic of, you know, what goes on from a business standpoint and what those players are thinking. And even now the fans, you know, from this campaign. Uh, but uh, but no, definitely there's a number of teams. You know, you got Jacksonville out there. Atlanta is in need. Detroit. Uh, the Broncos just filled their vacancy. Um, who else? You got uh, a couple of other teams that that have been looking, and I believe that they may try to make a move. But you know, ultimately, our deal is to try to just uh, uh, put it out there. And if somebody really likes what they see and they like the work that I've been able to put in over these last you know eleven, twelve months, uh, let, let's go ahead and make some make some things happen. Let's go ahead and get these Super Bowls going because that that's the only talk that I'm worried about. Well, that's where they need to be, right? I mean, you know, it's like winning the Premier League or being in the top four of the Premier League. You know, the, the, exactly. the top. The top four in the Premier League go into the European competitions and they generally don't get a lot of grief to the manager, right? But anyone else who's going right. below, you know, if you've got a home, if you've got a record of you know four wins home and twelve defeats, uh, you're not in the job very long here. No. It's a tough old business, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, I'm, I know, I know just from talking with you a few times, I know how much value you, you add already, and we're gonna we're gonna come Appreciate on to that. that in more detail um you were talking about the price of tickets as well yeah it's I, I imagine it's not cheap to to get to a game over there uh you know it's it's the same here you know you're doing a few hundred pounds um you know for a, a couple of adults and a, and a kid or you know a child mm-hmm. or two you know you're, you're right. doing a good, a good amount of money um right. and uh you know what i would say is that is the players here are are well 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 looked after by the looks of it certainly at the top right. level anyway but yeah. i was talking to a friend of mine who was on straight talking a few weeks before christmas who's a, right. a premier ex-premier league player uh, and he was just telling it i mean the story of just getting you know you would call it just getting traded you know, he was, get, he was just like, you know, well, you know, he scored a goal on the Saturday for for one team, and then he's traded on the Tuesday, and he's in another team at the weekend. And it, for a young guy of like 20, 21 years of age, he just kind of like blew his mind. He was just mm-hmm. like you know, just getting settled. The next thing you know, boom, he's gone. And you know, that's a lot for a young man to take. You know, it's a lot for right. for anyone to take, right? But it's a it's a tough ask. 
Yeah, it's it's very tough. And if you if you hadn't been exposed to it or educated on it beforehand, um, a lot of times trades are so hard, so devastating on guys uh, that they don't really necessarily bounce back from those things. Uh, yeah. because it, it's business and you should never take it personal. But because you haven't been around it and understand that it is a business, you, you look at it as a personal aspect. I mean, I've been traded. Uh, I've been on teams where, you know, I've been cut, you know, all these different things. And 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 people people look at me and they say, man, uh, if we could go through that, or, or how can you go through that? I mean, like, no, it's this is what it is. This is the nature of the beast, uh, the nature of the of the game and the business itself. And that's across the board for all professional sports platforms, um, you know, because there's always going to be somebody new coming the next year. So these these players are commodities, you know, according to what these teams say. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, these guys have real problems. They have real families. They have real issues that they have to deal with, you know, especially from a mental health standpoint, uh, just communication, all those things. And, and those things should be addressed as well as the things that are on the field. And, and that's what uh, I wanted to make sure that we provided with my developmental league. We wanted to touch on everything and make sure that everybody had an opportunity to be successful. And that's it, man. That's it. I mean, Jason, Jason was he's my friend's name. He's the footballer that I was telling about. And, and you know, he, he he basically likened himself to a piece of meat, basically. Yeah. 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 He was literally just like out the door. And, right. you know, this is a team that he supported, my team, Chelsea, from when he was like, uh, you know, like 10 years old. Right. Like, he's done all his like, early years. By the time he's 20, you know, uh, all of a sudden he's out the door and he's, a, he's a, at one of our arch rivals. And it was, you know, mental health comes into it, but also yeah. particularly for a young person, that emotional attachment. Right. Emotional attack. When when you say it's just business, yeah, we're a bit older and we know. Yeah, it's uh-huh. just business. It's okay. You know, it, you know, something else will happen. Something different will go on. Right. But the point is, is that you know, when you're young, particularly when you're younger, if, unless someone's prepared you for that, right? That you know, unless your parents are very wise and very prepared to actually like educate on something like that to to prepare you and harden you up to so much that you're okay about it and you're like, well, mm-hmm. okay, business, I can deal with it. But that doesn't really happen, you know. They're not for many people, anyway. Right. Um, and that 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 impact on of mental health must must be huge on those guys. But one of the things I think that really like makes you stand out from from anyone else, you know, in your position and what you're doing over there at the moment, um, is the whole piece about how much you understand yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I uh, have been put together by Lewis Senior from Equilibria. So big up and big love to, to Lewis. He's a top fellow, as you well know. Right. Uh, also the author of a, a fantastic book called At the End of the Day. Um, uh, but you went through uh, the E-Colors uh, system and, 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 and workshop and, and kind of, you know, you sort of opened your eyes, I, I, I'm assuming. So why don't you tell us a bit more about that and how you got to understand yourself more and then, you know, how you've used the tools and what, you, what you've done going forward. Well, I had the opportunity to meet Lewis Senior and, and and his group uh, during Super Bowl here in Houston. You know they were facilitating all of the volunteers and and it's just a massive amount of people. And um, we basically sat down and they explained the program for me in regards to you know personality traits and characteristics and all those different things and. As he was explaining how they were doing it, you know, with the with the Super Bowl committees and those things with the volunteers, um, how it it actually makes you think of things more intentionally when it comes down to communication and just dealing with other people, you know, to keep you safe. And as he was talking, uh, I was thinking, you know, 
all the training camps that I've been through, all of the football practices and all of the teamwork exercises and all those different things, you know, it kind of struck a chord with me because when you go into training camp, you know, once you get there, you're going to get a helmet and the rest of your equipment and they're going to give you a, a, a piece of tape that they're going to put on your on your on your helmet and they'll have your last name. And you're going to have a coach that's going to coach every last one of you the same way. And that doesn't work when it comes down to everybody having an opportunity to be successful. So as Lewis was explaining it, I already knew what I wanted to do with it because I wanted coaches and I wanted, you know, myself and I wanted, you know, upper management and everybody with our league to to have a better understanding of communicating with other people. And when it came down to the e-colors, understanding, you know, what your colors were and what other people, other people's colors were, it made you think about things and be more intentional. So like with myself, you know, I'm, I'm red over yellow and, and that's more or less, I'm a socializing doer. Um, yeah. You're yellow, red, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm a socializing doer. Uh, and, and more or less for me, you know, you give me two or three words and I'm off to the races as opposed <laughs> to somebody else that might be on their field with me. You know, they're gonna, that coach is going to have to give them more information and, and be a little more gentler, you know, in his approach or whatever the situation is to give them the opportunity to be successful. And that's what I thought about when it came down to, you know, my colors and, and, and all the different personalities that are on teams. And then, you know, just looking at how you can structure your business, how you can set up different uh, uh, groups of people in order to get the best out of them and, and facilitate the changes needed. And those are the type of principles that, you know, with the e-colors program and what Lewis Senior and those guys are doing, I was like, this is a no brainer, you know, for me to try to get this into the NFL and me to put this into my league and, and have the, 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 the stats behind it and the analytics behind it and, and be able to do some things that are, that are innovating. And that's basically what that situation was, man. So we've just been working ever since then. Uh, it's been a number of years since we first met, but man, we've been joined at the hip ever since then, man. Yeah, because yeah, we're all we're all yellow reds, you know, you, me, and Lewis, uh, and mm-hmm. many of the other people that I meet actually, you know, it's, it's kind of it's like a little network, you know. But then right. there's the other e colors. It's incredible, and and it's a, such a wonderful tool. Right. Uh, you know, you can really understand yourself. Uh, so much better when I I read it I was actually you know I was an out of work DJ you know no money no gigs uh, living at home bankrupt you know in my mum's spare room going what the the hell just happened after 20 years as a DJ um, and a record producer and then I I did the e-colours and I just suddenly it just suddenly explained everything to Mm -hmm. me everything that I'd done in the last 20 years and I went oh (laughs) right then right okay showed me some potential limiters and some coaching opportunities and some things that I could do in order to change myself a bit better and get myself up, you know, basically dust myself off and, and go again. And I'm forever grateful to Lewis for that. And, and it's been a fantastic journey. But as far as the e-colors, you know, the whole kind of workshop and courses and everything, um, why would the e-colors, in your opinion, why would the e-colors, uh, you know, and also, you know, life remixed, of course, you know, you're going to get, you're going to uh, give me a nice endorsement. And, uh, and, and Absolutely. But you know the e-colors and life remixed, etc. You know why would that work? Why would why would that impact people? You know in the NFL and out of interest as well. You know on the in the Premier League because I know I know you watch a bit of English soccer. Right. Uh, you know so so you know what 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 sort of things do you think that would bring into you know? I suppose you've already explained it in some ways about the about the colors and the team and everything else. But uh, you know do you think that you know have you seen it? In, in the development league, have you already seen it? You know where people can actually connect better and understand each other better, and then and then work together better and are also more successful. Are you seeing all of that? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it, it touches on the, the space of team efficiency. Yeah. You know, it streamlines the communication aspect of learning people. Um, being able to bring somebody in after they've, you know, taken their personality indicator test and, and done the survey. And I don't necessarily know them, but I know their colors when they walk in the room. It gives me the opportunity to understand what they need from me from a communication standpoint so I can get more out of that, uh, out of that communication, you know, everything that we're doing out of that conversation. Uh, and the same thing on the field. And that's what we've been just implementing. You know, all the guys that we deal with, whether we're actually having physical games or we're doing our off the field things. Um, once we get those, uh, when we get the, the colors back and, and we understand what's going on, the more and more we get into it, it makes it easier, easier for us to communicate with each other. And especially like the younger generation, like for myself, I was in between that, that, that realm, especially when it came down to, to, to American football, um, you would practice and, and it would be full go. You full pads and it would be rough. I mean, going through training camp and you're 25 days and, and it's two a days and it's just, it's just, it's, it's tearing your body down as opposed to a now they don't, they don't go as hard, but because you have the, the aspect of the e-colors, you know how to communicate with each other and not necessarily rub somebody the wrong way. Uh, and it just streamlines everything, man. It's all about team efficiency and, and doing the right things and understanding what's going on with people. And that, that, that's what the program brings. Are you, uh, are, are the guys wearing the, the colors actually on their, on their helmets? Are they wearing them? Are they displaying them? I mean, how do you do that? Yes, we, we've done it with uh, small patches that would go on the helmets where if you see, like, say, for instance, the, the athletes are running up and you're able to see what, what, what that is as you're going to correct uh, that particular player, you would see that color and it would automatically make you be more intentional about what you're going to say. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to how it used to be where you, all you saw was their, their first name or their last name on, on a piece of tape. Um, yeah. And it, it gives everybody the opportunity to slow down in that split second and understand, you know, you can press your pause button and okay, this is what I need to say instead of what I, what I was going to say. Um, and it's just, it's all about learning each other's languages. That's right. Yeah. The pause and play buttons that, that they champion is really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, knowing when to pause or knowing when to play in, in certain areas. So you and I are both top color yellows. Um, so, you know, if you were coming at me full pelt, I'll be honest with you, I'll get out of the way. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, no, if, you, if, you know, if we, if we're both top color yellows, we both know that we are quite happy to chat clearly um, and socialize and, and actually have some kind of like rapport uh, right. in that area and, and we're very interested in the who we're interested in the people and we, we we cover all of that probably before we get into any kind of detail or any kind of chat about anything that, that, that we're actually going to achieve whereas mm-hmm. a top color green wants to know every little piece of detail every aspect of what's going on you, they need yeah. to know everything and they're going to yeah. be more you know intentional about trying to figure out exactly what's going on before they move so That's right. That's you know right. with us we have to be more patient Yes, and my wife, <laughs> my, my wife is top color green, which is why I'm always like, you okay, know, I I'm, got always, I'm always checking myself and like, okay, uh, right. you know, how, how am I handling each situation? Because uh, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's 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 important, you know. So um, uh, I've got this little quote for you, and I thought I'd read it to you. Uh, I would like to see what you think about it. Um, if there's one secret in leading yourself and other people. It is to generate an atmosphere in which others feel at ease and appreciated. 
That's a hundred percent true statement. What, what do you reckon about that? You you get the best out of people when they're when they are comfortable enough to understand that you trust them. You trust that they're going to make the right decisions. And that's only after you give them a clear and concise direction of what needs to happen. Um, and, and in leadership, that's it. You, you want to be able to have people uh, in positions that you delegated um, that they can be the best version of themselves. And, and you don't have to look over their shoulders. And it's not a, a micromanaged type of situation. And we get to the macro later. You know you can count on them, and if you can right. if you can understand their communication styles, look, my friend, my friend Matt, good friend of mine here, says uh, it's this understanding that makes effective man management in both sports and business, and great insight. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's really important to understand the individual. You know, uh, I've just used I use my I use Emma again. You know, Emma, I used to find Emma very very slow. It was kind of everything was so thought through, right. and, I, and I'd be yellow, going for getting frustrated a bit, and go, come, on, come on, come on, come on. And then when she did the e colours, uh, you know, I asked her, and and it just all fitted into place. And I went, right. oh, see, and what it made me do, it just it just it didn't make me, I, I chose just to appreciate that difference. Right. Uh, and as soon as I chose to appreciate that difference, then I could go, okay, this is amazing. You know, let, let's go with it. And, and, you know, it's about appreciating, appreciating each other's, um, uh, differences and skills. You know, the, whole thing, the whole thing is realizing potential, isn't it? Right. Um, and that's what your development league is about, right? I mean, your development right. league is is realizing potential, even for those guys that maybe don't make it to mm -hmm. uh, to the NFL. You know, you're still there for them, um, and and able to like give them some kind of um, feedback. Or I love what you said about generational wealth. By the way, um, you know, I'm, I'm also a business and wealth coach with a, a friend of mine called Kevin Green, who's a fantastic guy here in the UK. Um, mm -hmm. And and he, you know, that that's his. It's one of his biggest things: generational wealth. You know, it, you know, it, it doesn't all have to be about you right here, right now. It's about actually planning ahead and making yeah. sure the next generation. You know, I'm making sure that my niece and nephew are going to be are going to be secure. You know, they'll be in a great place because of all the work that me and Emma do. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if you can help educate people with that in the states. Yeah, give them opportunities because they're going to earn. They could possibly earn a, quite a bit of money quite quickly. Right. It's about educating them how to handle that, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's what it's about. Um, like I said, you know, the NFL is the best temporary job you ever have. It's quick. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you'll be a, a former player far longer than you'll be a current player. Um, and, you know, I have yet to see somebody leave the NFL when they were ready. And normally guys would want to play as long as they possibly could. But, no, it doesn't work like that. So as soon as you sign that contract, you're on your way out the door. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to be ready. And, and to to have these athletes and, and get them to a point to where you're taking them from one space where they don't really know much other than just playing the game to a space where now they're making investments and they are doing different things in insurance. They have different things going on from a financial standpoint. They're entrepreneurs. They're working on their brands. They're setting up their families, you know, well for when they're not here anymore. That's the space that and then that for me is success when it comes down to our league, because I already know the odds are against them making it to the NFL. So what we want to do is the guys that can make it. Okay. They're going to, they're going to have that opportunity and they'll be ready for that opportunity. But the the rest of the guys that don't, we want to be able to set them up and put them in a position to win for life and, and make sure that they're doing what they need to do. Cause that, that right there is more gratifying for me than anything else. 
it's a it's a noble a noble pursuit i would say and i think that's a really positive thing because obviously you've been through that experience yeah. uh, i mean you know, in some ways i could i could liken it to to life remixed you know at the end of the day you know i've been through this whole experience and and had some really bad times right um you know some of it self-inflicted but much of it but much of it not much of it stress related and diseasing my body and everything else um and uh you know, uh, but now I can share this book and say, look, guys, you know, there's there's more to life than than just doing all those things that you think are fun. You know, is actually, you know, let's look at the whole picture. You know, enjoy yourself, of course. I mean, don't take away yeah, the fun. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, make sure that you can actually do something positive in the world, you know, so that you use your time here wisely, right? So, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I love this one. This is this is a good one because uh, football, you know, football, whatever you call it, you call it soccer in the UK, you call it, you know, you call it football in in the states. I mean, any of these kind of big sports, you know, I mean, we're missing the crowds, obviously. You know, we, yeah. we, we have crowds or anything like that. The crowd, the, the the, you know, you watch it, you watch it with the sound, you watch it with the sort of you know muffled crowd sound that they put behind it and everything. But you know it's the crowd that uplifts you isn't it it's the crowd you know when you're out there you must have been out there in front of like you know i don't know 100,000 fans or whatever and on some nfl some nfl pitches i mean right what, what sort of i mean i know what it's like to play records to a couple of thousand people and be like yeah you know it's great right, <laughs> right, right. stood on the pitch in front of like you know screaming 100,000 or however many thousand screaming fans mm-hmm. how, how, how is that i mean it's something that it's hard to put that in words um, it's something that's surreal, you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's something that once you've gone out in front of 98 to a hundred thousand, you know, fans and, 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 and had to perform in, under that type of pressure and that duress, yeah. um, it, it's, it's something that's amazing. You know, it's, it's hard to put that into a bottle or put that on the paper and, and somebody get it. It's kind of like, you know, taking a picture of a beautiful landscape. If you're not really seeing it with your eyes, the pitchers do it no justice. Uh, so to be in that type of environment and, and be able to perform and, and perform with your teammates is something that, I mean, it's something that's unreal. Uh, and, and the energy from the crowd is is something like no other as well. It, it, it kind of takes your game to the next level, you know, from the adrenaline to the just the, the pure emotion of it, all those things, man. And it's it's something it's something that uh, a lot of people don't get a chance to to, to partake. Yeah. But man, it's 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 something amazing. Yeah, I can very much relate on a much smaller level, but I can <laughs> very much relate with music. And, uh, right. and you know, I mean, people do say to me, "Do you do you not miss like DJing and music and stuff like that?" And I'm kind of like, mm, I mean, because I'm finding other ways to right. express myself and become a speaker and and you know help other people and stand right. on stages and and that kind of stuff. And and so. You know, music is still part of my life, and I still do a little DJ set on a Saturday night and get three hundred people listening. It's great fun, right? You know, yeah. um, but the point is, you know, no, no, I, I don't miss it, but I'm really grateful for the uh, the experience. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that that's how it works. You know, you you get to a point where after you're done, you miss certain aspects of it, and and, and being in front of those crowds is is really one of them that I miss, and then the camaraderie of the locker room and the guys in the locker room and. And just being around the teammates and everybody being on one accord, man. So I, I get that completely. Uh, so let's talk about your let's talk about your favorite television series uh, here in uh, set set here in the UK. Uh, what's what's your favorite? Uh, you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> 
tell me about your favourite uh, sports documentary here in uh, here in uh, the UK. Man, I, I fell in love with Sunderland till I die, man. I, I, I love it. I, I love the the behind the scenes aspect of it. I love that you know it spoke to me in regards to what I want for my developmental league. Um, of course, the general manager aspect of it. You know, that was when I really, you know, really was looking into getting into it and, and doing my league and things like that. But anything that breaks down just the dynamic of, of everything that goes on in the organization, you know, really catches my attention nowadays. And, and man, that that did it for me, man. I was hooked. I was like, I got to get there, you know, so I can go it, it just experience that that level of passion from the fans, because I, I desperately want that type of passion for uh, uh, my developmental football league here and, and that, that, that closeness and, and, and just that, I think that loyalty to the particular brand and the teams and the people and that, man, that's something I fell in love with, man. I, I got to figure out how to do that here, man. We got to have it. Sunderland till I die was fantastic. And, and my dad's, my dad uh, died when I was 18, but his, uh, mm. his passion was, uh, was Sunderland uh, AFC and he was, okay. uh, he was born up that way. And so just, just to even hear you say the words in your accent, you know, it's right. great. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, right. I'm, sure, I'm sure he's loving it. Uh, it uh, it's super cool, mate. And uh, I'll be honest: when you come over, uh, when you come over to London, when we can eventually uh, start to travel again, when you come over to London, uh, I will not be taking you to Sunderland because it's really <laughs> far away. Uh, but I promise to, uh, I promise to take you to a Chelsea uh, Premier League game, mate. And uh, let's know. make it happen, man. I, I can't wait, man. I'm excited. If we can find, so am I, mate. If I if we can find a uh, a, a, a cup game, which is Chelsea versus Sunderland, then that would just top it oh, off. So. That'll be it, man. That'll be icing on the cake, man. So there's a there's a question here from someone called Emma Wilkinson. I don't know who that may be, uh, but you can you can see that, right? Uh-huh. Uh Okay, so who is the sports icon that influenced uh, Garrick the most? And is it not terrifying playing in NFL? <laughs> what a great question. Yeah. Okay. Two two parts to that one, mate. But uh, go for it. Um, I think for me, the most influential uh, person that played in the NFL for myself was probably Bo Jackson. Uh, when I was young, you know, um, we we used to have these book fairs that came to our schools and we would be able to buy the different books. And and I ended up buying a, ba- a paperback copy of a book um, dealing with Bo Jackson. So it was talking about him playing major league uh, baseball and also uh, being a football player, you know, and playing in the National Football League. And I, it's just something that just resonated with me, you know, of how athletic he was and how gifted he was and, and being able to play two sports and and just the different things that he he did. And, and, and he had a workout routine in the back of the book. And I was I couldn't have been no more. I couldn't have been any more than 10, maybe 11. And I remember getting a book. I took the book home. I read the book. And at the end of it, he had uh, he had his workout routine, and I remember writing everything down. And then I just started working out and doing the Bo Jackson uh, uh, routine out the back of the book, man. So it, it was pretty cool. Um, the second part to the question, as far as being terrified, um, not so much terrified uh, when you've trained you pretty much your entire life for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like you know just a second nature. Uh, of course, the game is a bit faster. Well, I'll say a lot faster than the college game. But once you get there and you get used to it and get acclimated, uh, it's not too bad. Um, normally, when you're terrified or there's pressure, it's because you didn't prepare for the game. Uh, but, you know, it was plenty of preparation uh, for what we were doing. So I, I think I did okay. 
That's very true, mate. It's very true. And, uh, you know, you've all you've still got all those old pads on and you're all protected. I'm joking. I'm joking. Right, that's right. What, right. That's, what, that's what the rugby players would say here. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. They're always, they're always saying, oh, they've got all the padding on and that. But no, I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, you guys hit hard, don't you? I mean, you're, you're, you're smashing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's grown men out there. I promise you that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and many of you are not, not small chaps, you know, they, when you're in that yeah. line of image and that, you know, you're big guys, right? I mean, yeah. You know, Right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I'm, go on, go on. I was saying, I'm, I'm when I played, I was I think the heaviest I was was three twenty five. So I was around six six, three twenty five. So yeah, no, it's pretty big guys out there. That's big. That's big because I actually I, I was I was trying to work out because I don't, we don't do really pounds or anything over here. Right. I, I, I looked it up because I thought you might reference it. So I looked it up for myself. So I'm six foot four. Okay. Two hundred and forty five pounds. Okay. Okay. No, I'd get knocked over in a flat. I'd be. I'd be down. I'm not, I'm not protected any quarterbacks, mate. I'm like, boom. I'm done. Uh, yeah, you probably would be a tight end here. So they they would you would block and they would throw passes to you too. So okay. all right. Okay. I, I'm going to look up being a tight end. I think I might have missed my opportunity. In life. <laughs> I'll be honest. I might have missed my sports opportunity. But uh, at the end of the day, mate, you know you got you got to have a go, right? But uh, there you go. I'll tell you something that was really interesting that just sparked in my brain there as well was um, uh, what did you make of the Michael Jordan Netflix documentary, The Last Dance? Have you watched that? I have, man. It was very good. Uh, it was very informative, you know, mm. uh, to, to have a look into the life of, of one of the icons in sports and to just kind of see their mindset and those different things like that. You know, there's a reason why athletes are paid to be the best. And there's a reason why a lot of athletes are like considered the greatest of all time. And, and, and that difference in attitude and how you carry yourself and what you do on a daily basis, uh, it may be small, it may be minute, but it's the difference between playing three years and playing 13 years. And, and, and Mike had it, man, Mike had it from an early age. Uh, and there's very few people out of the guys that do make it that do have that. And they just have that will to win, just have that desire to be the best. And, and they're going to go and do what they need to do in order to fulfill that, 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 that need. Um, and, and he was one of those guys, man. Mike was Mike, man. He's, he's, the, he's the man. very, very single-minded and very talented. Oh, yeah. to the, right. you know, and, uh, but just, just the watching the whole documentary and the whole piece about, you know, I love psychology. I love, I love, right. I love people. I love people. I love understanding myself. I love understanding you and my wife and Lewis and every, I love understanding the world. Right. And, um, and one of the things I would say is, is that, um, you know, I loved watching that documentary and there was Scotty Pippen, obviously was one, you know, one of the best players in the league, but it was like second fiddle to, to Jordan, to, to Michael Jordan, pretty much the whole way through. It was just, it was just the psychology of the whole thing was, was amazing. And there was a few people saying that, you know, Jordan was like, you know, like almost like bullying in some ways. And I was like, well, you know, he's the guy's a winner. I mean, it's really interesting. I'd love to know his e-colors, but, uh, but uh, that's for another day. I'll, I'll reach out to Michael Jordan. Right, right. You would give him a call if he had a little bit So listen, this is our, uh, is our uh, great mentor here. Lewis has popped up. He said, great to see us both on Straight Talk. He says, uh, he wants to hear your perspective on diversity and inclusion uh, and the webinars that you co-hosted. Um, tell us a bit more about those, man. Uh, so my my thought process in regards to diversity and inclusion are are are, are vast. I mean, I'm very broad with it because of the teamwork aspect, you know, that I've I've come up in as far as me playing football and 
and being on teams my entire life. Um, so I have, you know, friends, I have teammates, everybody looks different in some way, shape, form or fashion. So that I was always diverse for myself. You know, I always had a, a, a diverse type of background. Um, but, you know, once we, you know, got to a point where, you know, you're dealing with other people who may may have not, you know, dealt in that space or, or, or just, you know, lived in that space, you have a lot of differences of, of people, you know, whether it be, you know, where they grew up, you know, how they were raised, all these different things that, you know, kind of contribute to biases that they have. Uh, when it comes down to just different races, different uh, creeds, different colors, different just people from different regions. Um, and those are some of the things that, you know, I wanted to really get into uh, as I begin trying to understand people. You know, kind of like you say, you want to you want to you want to have a better understanding of learning of people. Mm. And, and that really, for me, was big in regards to the workshops that, you know, myself and Miss Lynn Cashmeric put on uh, for me, Equilibrium Sports. Uh, and I was representing the Huddle Up Foundation of Houston. Uh, that was really big for me because I wanted people to be able to associate themselves with me and understand where I was coming from and vice versa. Uh, so, you know, just because I'm 6'6", you know, 330 pounds, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily somebody that's a threat to you. Um, but unfortunately, you know, you know, looks can be deceiving, you know, and those types of things. So um, that was the premise of everything, just trying to get a better understanding of people uh, what they go through and, and and being able to not only expose what we deal with on a daily basis, but also educate everybody on it. Uh, so we'd have a better understanding and be able to meet in the middle and, and, and make the teamwork, you know, make the dream work. You know, my thing has always been, you know, diversity and inclusion can be the difference between winning and losing. You know, you have to be able to bring the right people into the room uh, and get as many different outlooks as possible in order to make the best decisions. Uh, and I, I, I live by that. I'm, I'm very firm with that. And it's been a dream come true to be able to conduct these webinars and just meet so many different people who went from perfect strangers to, you know, family members now. And that that's a wonderful deal. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, we, we, one of my companies is called Hillmont Associates. Uh, we, we do a lot of construction work and stuff here in the UK. We've got multiple companies, as I've shared with you before. Right. Um, but, um one of them, we were having a, an e-colors uh, awareness slash training slash bonding session on uh, on Friday uh, here. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be like 12 of us on the call. We're all going to be in this together. It's going to bring us closer together. You know, you know, uh, Lewis has, has coached me and and Emma through through the the whole e-colors uh, piece. And and you know, the more diversity uh, in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't. It, you know, what we look like to me is is irrelevant. Is for me, it's about the, the the actual look of the 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 disc. You know, what 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 we've got here. You know, what what's equilibria? Right. You know, going to bring to us that's going to show us. Well, okay, so we've got we've maybe got a lot of yellows and a lot of socialisers clearly because they're going to come and be attracted to me. But right. you know, we sure we got a really good balance across the piece. So um, it's going to be fascinating for us all to team up together. Um, and uh, look at that, my my. Uh, my wife's agreeing lots of questions. <laughs> She's got loads of questions for you, mate. Uh, Gary, cool. Yes, I, I told you, he's the cool, coolest dude in the room. <laughs> um, uh, and he likes Sunderland. I mean, come on. Uh, I'd also like to, what's, uh, what's motivational books he's into and who he follows for inspiration? She, do you know what's going to really wind her up about that? Is that she hasn't spelt motivational right, and she's going to be fuming. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you brought it to her attention. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny. I, love it. I love it i love the fact she's uh, coming in but look yeah, yeah 
you know, uh, you know, what sort of, uh, you know, motivational stuff do you do? You know, obviously, I mean, you're in amongst this, you know, and you've got guys around you all the time. So yeah. you must be motivating people. You're going to, if you, you know, when you, not if, but when you land a GM job, uh, you know, you're going to look into that. You're going to be motivating people. You know, who, who, who inspires you, you know? Um, for me, man, uh, I, I find motivation in just people that I'm around. And, and how I do that is really simple. Um, I, I kind of study people. And I look at, you know, as we talk and as I get a chance to get to know them, um, you know, some of the hardships that they may have overcame. And from there, looking at the direction that they may be going, you know, they may be stagnant. But the fact that they were able to make some type of adjustments and, and move forward at one point, that for me is, in, is is inspiring. And then from there, what I try to do every day is I try to have a a positive outlook. You know, I try to find a positive in any situation. You know, there are no losses. There are only lessons. And, and I had a, a conversation about that last night uh, in a group I was talking to um, kind of goes, you know, anything that you go through in life, I consider that your seasoning, you know, like if you're cooking, you know, the more things you go through in life, you know, that means that's more seasoning for your food. So, you know, if the food is just completely bland, you really hadn't had to go through anything. No, no hardships or anything like that. Um, but if, if your season, if your if your food's flavorful, you've been through some things. So it's more or less one of those deals where I try to find motivation in different things and being able to, you know, uh, set it up to where people can see it from a different perspective. And that's really my biggest thing, man. It's all about perspective. If you change your perspective, you can change your life. Mm-hmm. And, and once people once people really understand that. And you can look at a situation from four or five different angles. Find the best best angle that you can imagine or that you can find and then run with that one. And, and, and it'll change your outcome altogether, you know? I feel like you should just drop the mic after that one, mate. Great answer that was. Wow. God, I, I was just I was transfixed. I was listening. Um, amazing. Amazing. Hey, so, man. Hey, I, I'm telling you, man, I, 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 if you listen to me long enough, I have you inspired, man. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, I consider myself, um, you know, uh, you know, becoming, you know, the book is going to help, Life Remixed is going to help mm-hmm. inspire people, it's going to help people get over addictions, it's going to help people understand that they can remix right. their life, they can change their life, you know, that kind of stuff. But you, you know, you're the living, breathing, um, you know, evidence of it as well, you know. I mean, as far as 2020 and 2021 goes, um, <laughs> it's been a weird time. I didn't expect my 50th birthday in 2020 to be uh, – to be uh, me, you know, just uh, just with my very close relatives. I was expecting, I'm yellow, you know, I was expecting a huge yeah. party. Right, right, exactly. you know, and there was none of that happening. Um, but, uh, you know, for you, you know, um, any tough times? I mean, you know, obviously, you, I mean, I see you in interviews left, right and centre, which I love, by the way. And every time you pop up, I'm like, I've got to listen to Gary and see what's, see what's going on. <laughs> So, um, you know, you're talking to the media a lot, clearly, um, you know, what, but have you had, you've had to, you must have had to change tact a lot as in, uh, you know, campaigning and that kind of stuff. It's, it's all gone online, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, this time has been really rough for everybody. Um, and what I, one of the things that I chose to do was I chose to really focus on uh, myself uh, in regards to utilizing my time the best that I, I could possibly do. So that meant, you know, finishing degrees, that meant, you know, getting certifications, taking all kind of courses the entire time, you know, we were locked down. Um, that way I would be able to check boxes for a general manager position 
or just anything else in life that popped up. Yeah. Um, and that was one of my things, just trying to be, be a sponge. Uh, I, I would say in regards to tough times, you have to look at the aspect of, you know, having children um, and them having to have virtual school. So they no longer are able to be with their friends and things that are once was, was normal for them. They don't have it anymore. You know, like my oldest son, you know, he, he, he was taking it real hard because he wasn't able to play football. And he is uh, one of those types of kids where, you know, he, he needs to be around his friends. He needs to, to have them in, in, in the mix some way, shape, form or fashion. Yeah. He's a lot like I was back in the day at his age. I was really quiet. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still quiet, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. But, um, but yeah, you know, watching them having to navigate this whole situation right now has been, that's probably been the roughest time because you want to be a beacon of light for them. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing uh, as far as talking to different people and just showing them that they can do these things while, you know, these pandemics or whatever else is going on. It could be economic downturns, everything, uh, because I want this to be a blueprint for them. You know, long after I'm gone, I want them to be able to say, hey, listen, this is what you can do while certain things are going on and and, and watch what your, your grandfather did or watch what your great grandfather did and those types of things. So. Um, you know, that's my contribution, just trying to make sure that they understand that they can make it through um, and, and times won't be tough all the time. So, Tough times don't last. Nah. Tough, pe- tough, tough, people. tough people do. Tough people do. <laughs> tough people do. There you go. That's it. That's it. I mean, when you get through a crisis, I think I think when you face that, I've faced a couple of personal crises. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously had, you know, some ups and downs along the way, you know, but actually like coming through it, uh, and actually realizing that it, it's just it's almost like a part of it. we fail our way to success half the time you know we you know we, you know if like you said if you haven't if you haven't had that rich kind of uh life you know then then right. you've got nothing to talk about you've got nothing to share you know it's very bland and you know right. the day it's an adventure isn't it life it's just you know, it's, it's, it's an adventure at the, moment, at the moment it's an online adventure <laughs> <laughs> right it's, it's still an adventure right so yeah. uh so I mean, look, you know, I, I, we're going to get near because we've, we've been on for nearly an hour, mate. And and honestly, I could I could talk with you all night, but uh, um, you know, let's a couple, couple of couple of things just to finish off. So um, uh, I always like to ask people this, you know. And to be fair, you've covered many sort of strategies and things like that. But you know, the best advice that you can offer someone who's looking to remix and improve their life, you know, what's the is there one sort of nugget that just you know that you you would nail on? I would say go with your gut. You know, nine times out of 10, if you have a feeling inside of you, you know, about a certain situation or or making a move, um, take the first step. Hmm. And then from there, take another step and and just concentrate on taking one step at a time and and just get one percent better every day. You know, and, and, and it makes it a lot easier because by the time you raise up, you know, right by the time you raise up and look and see where you are. Nine times out of ten, you have met that goal, and you and you've gone on to a new one. Yeah. If you be intentional about everything you do each and every day, you know, eat a, you got to eat an elephant a bite at a time. You know, you can't eat them all at once. So that's, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, just continuous improvement. You know, so right. or, or continual improvement. You know, continual improvement. And I would certainly say with um, using using the e colors tool as we both have. You know, right. that self awareness as well. You know, you yeah. have. To, self-awareness about yourself and your own 
personality, you know, diversity, you know, where you can actually start to understand yourself and other people, like we've said. Um, it can, it can, you know, it's life changing. Ultimately, it's, it, it was a life changing moment for me. Certainly, um, when, you know, when I did my e colours, and uh, you know, I'm very happy to be uh, connected to Lewis and you and the whole network. And uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be 2021 is going to be great, and you know, it will it will slowly recover, and 2022 will be even better, and we'll just keep, you know, yeah, the next. Right next decade could be could be our best couldn't it so you know i think that's what we've got to go for so um uh where can people find you and websites and social media clearly you've got your own hashtag mate which is um, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it man just the hashtag gj for gm yeah. uh, search that out and, and that'll pretty much pull up everything um you know my instagram is officially garrick jones uh my linkedin and my twitter are um commissioner gj and and I mean I'm I'm active, man. You'll be able to find me. I promise you. I'm not I'm not hard to find. You ain't hiding. <laughs> nah, at all, at all. <laughs> you ain't hiding anywhere, mate. No, and, and me neither. To be honest, you know, I think I think you know as you get older and, and you become um, you know uh, more confident individual, you know, you're gonna realize that you've got more to offer to the world than just sort of sitting at home watching TV of an evening. Yeah. You, know, you can do more. You know, we've all got the same amount of hours in the day. Uh, you know, we sleep for seven or eight or however many it is, and the rest of the time we've got to be up. And and, and for me, I mean, I, you know that I've just sent you a copy of, of the book to have a right. read over the weekend. You know, uh, for me, that sense of purpose, you know, if you've got a sense of purpose um, and you said very much about how, you know, you you know working there and your children are, uh, are giving you a purpose and, and getting you moving, you know, I think once you've got a sense of purpose, I, I created my own one and you'll read it in the book, but creating my own purpose actually uplifted me and means now that I'm out of bed and I'm like, come on, you know, let's there you go. Another day, you know, another day, yeah. another chance, another opportunity to be grateful, to be happy uh, and actually, uh, you know, add some value to people's lives, which Garrick Jones, you certainly have added a lot of value to uh, everyone's life here tonight, mate. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I'm so grateful for you um, taking some time out of your your busy schedule um, yeah. to actually you know, bond with uh, with us and, and be a part of Straight Talking. Um, I cannot, honestly, I cannot wait to host you in London. I can't wait to see, I can't uh. wait to see your face <laughs> when you're in Chelsea's football game in Stamford Bridge, okay? And some of the songs that get sung and some of the atmosphere that goes Man. on. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. You hear me? I'm ready. <laughs> I can't wait, man. And obviously, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, one day coming back to America and uh, you know us us working together and doing some stuff. I yes, mean, who, who knows what the future holds, Garrick? Who knows? Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for giving me time in this space with you, man, and just giving me this platform to ramble a little bit. Uh, man, I'm here, man. Let's make some history, Doc. <laughs> You're an absolute gentleman, mate. Thank you all so much. And thanks, everyone, for the questions and listening as well. I really, really appreciate it. Big, big love from Garrick and I. Thank you. Life Remixed. With Mark Hi, it's Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com, sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Listen, baby, I don't mind what you do in your own time, as long as it feels all right. It's all right. Life Remixed.